0: On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, and Waddle, a rookie stud, Hunter Renfro, a dynasty sweeper, and Darnell Moody, what's the value? Stay tuned. to a tale of two rivals a fantasy football put on by your three Pete go with your gut Ram's favorite host and a numbers loving spreadsheet obsessed nerd to find some sort of consensus to share with you the fantasy football listener who am I joined by
1: you're joined by at FF underscore spaceman Dave Wright, the people's champion, Rocky Balboa, going up against Apollo Creed, week in, week out. That's who you are. That, the that's Lithuanian
0: legend, David Wright. <laughs> I like that I like that Ram is like shaking his hand to me every time I do the three peat comment. <laughs> that was like my favorite thing of the day, was that tweet. <laughs> I was like, yes.
1: I have to say is that Ram actually He's been a big support of the show. He gives a lot of uh, great he's feedback.
0: Awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. I thought it was fun. Yeah, oh, no,
1: 100%. gives a lot of great feedback, but too, and he's one of the main reasons. He spreads the news with his Lithuanian contingent. That's one why we're so we're one of the tops in Lithuania, so it means a lot.
0: I would happily take an original 1992 Lithuanian Grateful Dead shooting shirt, Ram, if you can find me one. I'll pay the shipping. I'll pay for it. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, man. So. Davey, how we doing, buddy?
1: Doing great, Todd. I really enjoyed the feedback from last episode. I, I really enjoyed our Saquon conversation. I loved to get in some T. Higgins and surrounding T. Higgins talk off my chest. It was really fun episode. It was like a flashback.
0: Talk. It was. It was <laughs> mostly surrounding.
1: <That's> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Todd. So it's it's been good. Uh, it makes it It makes me think that we're going to do a lot of fun things this offseason. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just really I'm really enjoying how the show's going. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the week is when we get to sit down. We just spent like forty five minutes just shooting the, the uh shooting the crap here before the show starts. So we're ready to kick it off here, my friend. And what's exciting, my friend, it stays a question of the day day, which is always exciting.
0: Oh, and question of the day, this is one that Dave and I have discussed on multiple times through our friendship, but we've never done it on the show. So the question dear to our hearts is Pooping at work, yay or nay, David?
1: <sighs> so, Todd, this is—I feel like this is right off of a living the stream episode. They're, that's a poop. Basically, all they talk about is streaming quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses, and poop. That's all they do on uh, with JJ and Denny Carter over there. So, it, there's a lot that goes into this, Todd. A lot goes into it. And for me personally, I'm not a pooper at work guy. I'm a—I'm a strict. I don't enjoy it. Sometimes it happens because when I, especially when I used to run and coach. It's a long day, seven to six thirty, six, you know, seven o'clock. Sometimes it's a long day. I've done as years now of working in schools that I've trained my body not to go to the bathroom at work. I'm a strict bathroom in eight, in the morning and at night if I need to. But I, I have my body is conditioned to not go to the bathroom at work, and it's because I don't, I don't enjoy it, Todd. I don't enjoy the idea. I, I'm always paranoid if the door is locked. I don't know how many times. I know I always, I know I always lock the door. But then, I'm, is the door locked? What happens if a student walks in? What happens if a teacher walks in? And it, it, I don't enjoy that anxiety. And I don't enjoy the anxiety of like, what if I actually have to poop? And then someone's waiting to use the bathroom outside and I leave it, the door, and then they have to go and smell me destroying the bathroom. I don't enjoy any part of this, Todd. I know some people like to, to get paid while they poop. And that's like, some that's mad efficiency. You know, I like efficiency, but the social anxieties around the door being locked, people walking in after... You go to the bathroom and they have to smell that, 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 that. I don't enjoy that with my coworkers. And Todd, I don't even like pissing after other people poop because I'm worried that I'm going to leave the restroom. And people are think that I'm the one who sh- i like, I wasn't it. I just took a leak. I was only in there for
0: a minute. I promise I did not poop. Dave, Dave, there's this book called everybody's poops. I think you need to read it and understand that it happens and there's no reason to be ashamed of it. All right. And nobody's poop smells good. It's okay, buddy. It's okay.
1: <sighs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of anxiety around it, Todd. And I understand everyone poops. But I'm just not ready to lose that moral advantage of me making eye contact with someone. And they just, they're shaming me for that freaking burrito I had the day before. I don't need
0: that kind of shame. I don't need that in my life right now. All right. So my view is, heck yeah, I'll poop at work. And it's not necessarily about getting paid while pooping. You know, you know who
1: loves to do that, Todd? The walrus. the walrus. The walrus weighed in on this question.
0: The walrus loves to poop on the man's dime. <laughs> so...
1: Typical guidance counselor. Typical guidance counselor loves to poop on the man's dime. I
0: love it. <laughs> the one thing that's anxious about it is is having to find someone to cover, like finding someone that needs to cover your room so you can go poop. Because that's a you know that's a you are already you know you, you need to get something going. But once that's all set, it's peaceful. You don't think I'm
1: gone for 10 minutes, they know that I'm pooping right now?
0: Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. So when you get there, it's peaceful. A little fantasy football check. No one's talking to me, because people are always talking to me. And just quiet. And just get your mind back for a moment. But do people know what I was doing when I get back? Oh yeah, they do. But they do it too. So whatever. And wh- and if people want to make a comment about that, I'd just slide into the skid. I'd be like, eh, it happens. And if you walk in afterwards with the smell, hey, everybody does it. Sorry. Now, the best is finding the time to relieve yourself on your prep period. Because it feels like there's infinite time. You don't have to rush back with that task. Question. Ugh.
1: Point of order, sir. Point of order.
0: Yes. Do you have a waterfall schedule? Uh, yes.
1: So that's even tougher. So you're trying, you're training your body to put on your prep that it goes. A no, period? no, no,
0: no, 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 no. There's no training here. Like I would say that I have like windows and like sometimes it's during my class and I have somebody cover and get, you know, you get them going. I mean, it's a bodily function, man. Everybody's got to do it. It's like not good for you to, 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 to stay to like hold it. And also, like, if people were to ask me like that, I'd be like, yeah, it happens. Whatever. I just embrace the idea that it has to happen. It's just a few minutes of peace on otherwise a very hectic job. And do a little little fancy check. Do a little fancy check, you know? Some
1: of Todd's best trades have happened on his, aka, or his prep time, aka his work poop. Heck, yeah,
0: they have. Heck, yeah. I think that's how I got Justin Jefferson but that is pooping at work. Heck yeah.
1: Not shocked that rivals have different points of view here, but I think that's all the audience can take for poop talk.
0: And the whole reason this came up was, is I actually told, like, in our group text between our friends, I said that it's very underrated, a good poop at work. And Dave's response was, I feel like I get this message from Todd about once every two years.
1: (laughs) It's true. So Todd and I (laughs) know each other for about 11 years, I think now, and I think I've had that text that I get a... I get a text.
0: Oh man, I love to poop at work. Hey man, you know it's just um, you just kind of like and then you get a bounce in your step when you go back. You're like, all right, relieve we'll Let's do this. I'm gonna be better at life now. <laughs> it's great. All right, and
1: to, to but to put the nail in the coffin from my point of view, Todd, there are no bidets at work.
0: This is true. There are no bidets at work,
1: and and I can't handle that. I went home, like I went home for over this uh, in October for a weekend. I, I was I was lost. I I, I wasn't myself with no bidet. It, it's life, ch- life changing bidet. Anyway, I, I highly recommend uh, bidet for everyone. And if you use the code at f underscore spaceman on Amazon, you get twenty percent off on the top five selling bidets.
0: Surprised they let you back in the main. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into take one. All right, so Jalen Waddle. Rookie beast. Let's do a little value check here. The wide receiver 10, Dave, in PPR. 10. Put some respect on the man's name. He's on pace to break Antoine Bolden's receiving record. He's only seven PPR points behind the much higher ranked Jamar Chase. And I'm somebody who has Jamar Chase significantly higher than him. I'm not saying that they need to be the same. Just saying there's not a huge discrepancy in these two rookies' level of production right now. So, we got five games with 10 plus targets, but that he only has one game with 100 plus receiving yards and only four TDs on the year. So, what that makes me think is like with only one monster game and the low TDs, that points to a great deal of consistency and reliability in my eyes because he's still the wide receiver 10 without like these massive performances. That's freaking crazy for a rookie in my eyes. So, two weeks ago, I redid my rankings. And I had him as my wide receiver 20. So I'm prepping for the show. And I look at that and I realize that's kind of ridiculous given the type of production he's doing as a rookie with that draft capital attached to a very good young quarterback who also has high draft capital on a emerging team. It's like you're trying to temper something because you weren't there to begin with. He's my wide receiver 14 overall. He's my number two rookie wide receiver. And I have him in a tier with Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, who are the only guys ahead of him, and then T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and Keenan Allen. And that's excellent company. And Dave knows that if I'm going to put a rookie wide receiver over Keenan Allen, I got some respect in that guy. Honestly, my biggest concern with Waddle is maintaining that target share because besides Gasecki, no one has over a target share of 12. So given that Parker and Will Fuller are never healthy, they're probably going to look to add another wide receiver. My guess is probably more the first three rounds of the draft, or they'll try to upgrade in free agency again. But at the end of the day, you're still talking about a highly productive player, a dynamic athlete who will command around at least, at least a 20% target share. So given his situation, his volume, his age, his quarterback, his team direction, and the only knock on him is a lack of competition. You got a pretty high ceiling, and a, just a freaking solid floor, man. I don't understand why why you wouldn't be high on Jalen Waddle at this point. Thoughts, Davey?
1: I've been. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm anti-Waddle. I did. I was not a believer because his his profile. I people t- talked about his explosiveness. I hadn't seen it yet. But that being said, the last couple of weeks things have started to change. He started to make some big plays over the last he hadn't had it all season and the and Todd says the only knock on him i don't even remember what you said the knock was Todd but i think there's multiple knocks on him and it starts the with the lack
0: of competition right lack of competition it, it Is why he has such a high target share
1: so i would say for me the biggest re, my my biggest knock on him Todd is that week 1 he had 6 targets 61 yards 8 targets 48 yards 13 targets 58 yards 4 targets 33 yards, 6 targets 31 yards, 13 targets 70 yards, 8 targets 83 yards, 12 targets 29 yards, 10 yards or 10 targets 83 yards, 6 targets 61 yards, 9 targets 65 yards. He has not been efficient this season. He's had an incredible amount of volume and he has done not a t- he's not done a lot with it. Yeah, he's catching a lot of balls, racking up PPR points, scoring a lot of fancy points. For a rookie, that is impressive. And the criticisms that I had early on in the season don't hold as much water because he's starting to do big plays. Now, enter week 12. Jalen Waddell has 10 targets, 137 yards, and he has that big, huge play where he shows his explosiveness. It's, I, he's had about three big plays in the season where he's shown what, Todd, what you have talked about and what a lot of film and Debbie people have talked about as this this guy who can score at any point on the field and is just faster and shows he's a better player than other players on, on the uh, on the football field. Well, we saw it in week 12, and I'm excited by that because I hadn't seen it yet, and I, I kind of felt like a broken record, and I was like, yeah, Waddle's had some great fantasy success, and even, Todd, volume is king. I am very, you know I love volume. I love target share, and he's been getting it, so don't get me wrong that I'm trying to dismiss that because volume matters, and Waddle's been getting it, so that's been impressive, but it's been disheartening to see how his lack of efficiency that has changed the last few weeks because he's become a lot more efficient he's actually been able to bring his he's been had negative fancy points over expected up until week 12 and he actually has he's 0.3 face points over expected for the season now because he's starting to change his efficiency two is healthy and playing well too which helps so there's a lot going well with waddle now so I just want to say like that's what I've been so negative about with waddle was what a I did not he he dealt with injuries his market share stats his yards with team pass attempts and a lot of and his game plays and just his counting stats weren't that impressive compared to what people who watched him on film were trying to tell us. So there was a worlds colliding, so I didn't my my profile did not like waddle. And then he's been doing he was doing he was getting volume, but he wasn't being efficient with it. Well, that's kind of changed. He's showing some big playability and it's not just a hey, a 5 run 5 yards on a crosser catch it and get tackled it's no longer that anymore he's making big plays he's starting to show that dynamism people have talked about and so that why that's why i'm starting to get more excited about waddle and i don't want to i don't want to just be stubborn and just say like oh i don't i didn't like him as a prospect and what have you because it he's starting to show it on the field so that's kind of where i am with waddle it's tough todd when i start talking about other rookies because i think elijah moore is a, just a? Uh, I think Elijah Moore is a better football player. I think Devonta Smith is a better football player. Rashad Bateman, I think I, I think he's better. And, and I think that Rondell Moore is a better player. And I think Jamar Chase is a better player. But pure talent is not what matters for fantasy situation. Supporting cast matters, and Tua and how Miami is using Jalen Waddle matters for fantasy. And you got to take that into account. So. I'm not sure I'm qu- I'm ready to take Jalen Waddle over Elijah Moore and all these other players, but I just think Jalen Waddle I am I am no I am not a hater anymore because he's starting to show what people had been talking about. That's kind of where I am with Waddle. I think he's I'm happy to see him finally show it on the field instead of just getting raw like volume and inefficiency. He he's showing the player that people talked about.
0: Well, I think you're still kind of a little bit of a hater. It's more of a reliability thing, which I get. I get it. I get it. I think the big thing with the reliability to point out is is that the games that Tua played well, Waddle played well. I think it's more of a Tua thing because I think Tua has had a really difficult year. And now that he's healthy and he's balling out, you're starting to see what Waddle can do. You're not going to put up big receiving yards per target with Jacoby Brissett essentially doing handoff passes to you.
1: Oh, like, so you're not going to do that with Colt McCoy either? Okay. Nope. Side point. Uh, anyway, just continue. Sorry. that I know that's not for you. That's for the listeners. That's for several listeners out there. Not for you, Todd.
0: You said you didn't want to get into it.
1: I know. That wasn't for you. That was for some listeners.
0: Just saying. Point being, I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, so I I get it. There's a little thing concerning there. But, like, I think the thing about it is, is like, what Jalen Waddle is, is, like, I think another thing for you is, like, you know, the target share and that. And Devontae Smith was unbelievable, like, player. But I think with Waddle is... You have to understand, like how well he fits in the dynamics of an NFL offense. By just, just such an elite athlete, man, and that's starting to finally pop. And, and I get the idea of you saying that there, some of these guys are better football players because you really can't argue. It was such a strong class because they're all really freaking good. Yeah, that they're all. It was a freaking special wide receiver class. But the point is, is that like, like you said, like it doesn't matter who's better or not. It's how they're get. It's the work that they're getting, and Waddle's getting it, and I don't see, like, Nuke Hopkins isn't walking through that door to take his target share. Like, Devontae Adams isn't getting traded to, like, the Dolphins. Like, Waddle's gonna have a significant target share next year, and beyond that, and the Will Fuller experience will be over. Devontae Parker might be going away. i probably swear for him to keep one more year and then caught him for the dead cap reasons, but the point being is that Waddle's productive and he's doing it as a rookie. You gotta, you just, it's just time to respect what kind of value he has on in, in dynasty. It's just it.
1: Volume matters, and what he's getting for volume, the targets per game, he's like a top ten target. I think he's like a top five targeted or six targeted wide receiver in, in all of football right now. That's real. You can't. uh, We can talk about efficiency all we want, and we can say, hey, he's been inefficient, and, and blah blah blah. But volume matters, and he's getting it. Now, when you're continuing to be inefficient, which is what he was doing for a large portion of the season, if you're continuing to be inefficient, you might start to lose volume. But not the case, because he's starting to show and shine with that volume. So those concerns just start to dissipate.
0: All right, David, you're growing. a boy. All right, next two topics I'm going to get through quicker. Take two, Hunter Renfro, a true Dynasty sweeper. I believe that he could very well be one of the best values in Dynasty right now. Wide receiver, 21 in PPR. Looks like a better version of Kill Beasley, should we say? Solid target share. Great catch rate. Will move the sticks and not putting up massive TDs. So let's kind of rewind a little bit here. Let's talk about his rookie profile. Because he was a sweeper that was going in to the... like He was a big sweeper for me going into the draft. An extremely reliable s- receiver. For Clemson for four years of solid production. Definitely an unsexy, not uber athletic move the six kind of possession receiver who only got fifth round draft capital. Well, he has surpassed that capital with the investment that, like the investment of that capital, he is blown out of the water by averaging over 50 catches, over 625 receiving yards, and three TDs over his first two seasons. That's solid. That's a usable piece and a flex or as a Y3 given injuries or a or a juicy matchup or some bad matchup j- by weeks given the turmoil around the Raiders organization especially in the receiving core has elevated his game this year and he clearly has cars trust he's on pace to finish over 1000 yards just under 100 catches it's like you know, on pace for 99 and 6 TDs and he's doing this in year 3 after two decent seasons so when you go into DLF Tray Analyzer, his value is equal to an early third round pick. That's a freaking bargain if you could make that move straight up because that's way too low for him. So I will say, though, it sounds like I'm enamored, like I'm ready to put him in the top 20. I'm not. That's not what it is. This is about value. So I'm still working on ranking him like my top 25 is getting pretty solid. So I but I've tickered around with it. So he's probably going to end up in like my mid high 30s. And a tier with guys that are still in the high 20s, low 30s. That's a big tier. And he's somewhere in the middle or back of it. So I'm not getting that carried away. But he's certainly in a wide receiver conversation for Dynasty in my eyes. You know, very low end for that. But an outstanding depth piece. Outstanding. You need him as your wide 4, wide 5 for, like I said, the injuries, the buys, the matchups. And he's the perfect guy for that. Again. Lots of questions in the receiving core. He's consistently improving every year, breaking out in year three. I think he's really slept on right now. He's a huge buy for me because the main reason he's a buy for me is that he's not very expensive to obtain versus the type of production that he can put up for you. Extremely low risk for the for the investment. I love the idea of looking out and getting Renfro this season.
1: Not a lot of people are talking about Hunter Renfro, so it's kind of fun to talk about him. You don't and uh, And that's
0: exactly why I picked him. That's exactly why I picked him.
1: You know, you gotta be careful with these wide receivers because when we start talking about them, sometimes they're just being Uber efficient because of T luck. Well, he's got he's his totally typical rate right in the average receiving yards per T D at like hundred sixty four or something like that per touchdown. Uh six point something T D rate, if I off the top of my head if I remember correctly. Six point yeah, six point three T D rate. So it's not like he's his he's being weighed up by by touchdowns or anything like that. And that's why he's having a good season. And he's not have, but then you look at his his percentage of the offense. He's got like a 14% air yards market share. So he's and his Whopper's point four one. So he's not really his targets aren't uber valuable, but he's just racking and he's not getting a ton of targets per game. He's only getting seven point five targets per game, which is not a ton for a top twenty four wide receiver, which is what he's a he's ranked 21 in PPR and 20, 26 in PPR points per game with 14 PPR points per game, which is so it's not so like some of his peripherals aren't that great. But what I like about Hunter Renfro Todd is what you started off talking about is his value. And I am targeting him in a specific type of build. You and I, Todd, we love to build through wide receivers. I am not targeting Hunter Renfro in a heavy wide receiver build in a, in a build where I go heavy running back. Tight end, maybe I um, tr- try to go elite QB and I'm and I'm foregoing wide receivers. Hunter Renfro is the perfect target in a startup or for a trade target where you just need a reliable floor piece and let your running backs, quarterbacks, or tight ends do the work. And that I think is the perfect way to go about getting Hunter Renfro because honestly, if you are if you started a very in our typical build, Todd, where we have six, seven top 20, 30 wide receivers, Todd, in our builds. I'm not Hunter Renfro, is, is dust for me. I don't care about Hunter Renfro, but when I have heavy RB build, going tight end, QB heavy, and I just need some floor, Hunter Renfro is my guy because he's undervalued, easy to acquire, like you said, third round pick type of valuation. And that's, I think, you can build a winning team that way.
0: I totally love that point, and I'd have to agree on it, except, uh, and it's a certain type of format. Most leagues, if you play in Dynasty, you can start with already two QBs we'll say four to six wide receivers he has extreme value in that kind of a, in in like lineups of that give that kind of versatility so if I'm in a heavy wide receiver build I still love Hunter Renfro I love him a Deeper lot Deeper formats yeah deep yeah.
1: deep deep formats there's a lot of value to Hunter Renfro too but I, I'm, I'm talking about more of a traditional three wide receiver one flex type of format
0: Fair enough. So like in those deeper formats, I think that Renfro carries a lot of value because he's cheap, he's productive, and he's reliable. And Dave's 100% right. And he was talking about how with the Whopper and the Aramark, yeah, he he's not a sexy player. He just gets a good amount of targets. He catches plenty of balls that are thrown to him, and he puts up solid yardage.
1: Todd, 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 speak for yourself. You say he's not a sexy player? That might be your personal preference. I personally find that picture of him at Clemson holding a bag of grapes is extremely sexy.
0: Okay. Good night, everybody. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, no. So, no, but I'm just saying, like, I I just think Renfro is the perfect build. So if you are looking at that and you think to yourself, I also think Renfro is, like, a great guy to trade back from in, like, certain situations for guys that might be a little overhyped, you know? But... That's a whole nother bag for, like, another day. And hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk about training for Renfro. Because I do think it's something to to look into because just so cheap. All right. Take three. Darnell Mooney. Let's check in on this guy. So we're talking about the guy who is one of the hot hottest sleepers. Ah! Because, but he's definitely living up to the hype and the expectation. Because everybody was hyping this guy up in the offseason. Though he had a somewhat surprising, like, rookie season. Yeah, he's really, like... Yeah, it started breaking out as a in the second year. So I had a couple of deals in the uh, preseason where I acquired in different leagues. I acquired jo- Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and in both those deals, those managers countered wanting back Mooney, and it completely pissed me off because I knew it couldn't let that be the difference in getting those studs. So it hurt to move in this off But now that I don't have them on like a, as many rosters. It has made it a little bit more, like, level-headed with me with my expectations because I'm not, like, a giant cheerleader because I don't have, like, a 1,000 shares of them anymore. But anyways, I digress. Fishery, the wide receiver, won in Chicago before A-Rob even leaves, and it seems inevitable that that's happening now. Five or more targets in all games except one, which was four targets, so his volume is consistent. I understand five is not a massive amount, but he's not, like, Not getting like two and three target games, like he's seeing the ball consistently, and seven out of those twelve games with seven or plus more targets. That to me is just baseline for me. Like I'm not saying oh seven's like what I'm looking for. I'm just saying that's solid. I I can I can live with that as a solid, reasonable, like like middle of the road expectation for him. Explosive athlete with over with three games over 120 receiving yards. And he's the wide receiver 25 in PPR on a terrible team that has to improve. Like, it can't get worse. Right? Right? Anyways, will he save the wide receiver run or will they bring somebody in? It's another nice, pretty nice wide receiver draft. Not anywhere near last year's. But, you know, the idea of, like, Garrett Wilson back with uh, Fields is, you know, it could be something special. they probably make some moves in free agency. So, personally, for me, I believe Muni Mo- is a huge selling candidate there are people that love him and I'm one of them but I can separate my emotions to the value so I don't see him sustaining this or really surpassing that wide receiver 25 Mooney right now is worth the equivalent of a mid-second on the DLF trade finder and I really think you could get more for him than that I do I could see Mooney and a fourth for Renfro and a second and that being accepted, and that could be accepted in a lot of places, and I would be stoked with that return. So to me, it's I love Mooney as a player. I actually really like him as a dynasty asset, but I think he's extremely overvalued in a lot of markets. Like I don't see like him being a wide one in Chicago. I just don't. So given the success and the recent success and the hype, equals a cash out for me.
1: Part of the problem with talking about Darnell Mooney, Todd, is that every time anyone mentions Darnell Mooney, I just think of what was and what is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's high for the season is wide receiver 31, which was in week nine. He didn't clear wide receiver 47. So that his other weekly high is wide receiver 47. It's depressing. And that being said, I don't want to bring down the, Marnie par- the Mooney parade. I agree, Todd. There was a lot of people who would do throwaway comments about Darna Mooney, except for our boy, my boy at AardvarkTV. TV. Finero loved him some Mooney. Was all about the Mooney train. There, I people talked about Mooney a lot, Todd. But his price wasn't high. He, his like, if you look at his startup draft, he was, he was not even. I'm not even sure if he was a top eight or nine round pick in startup drafts. Uh, so yeah, people talked about him a lot, but he wasn't. He wasn't treated that way in actual leagues or mocks or anything like that. He was just a name, I think, that people buzzed about. And the big knock on him, Todd, was people were worried about, well, what if Allen Robinson isn't franchised? What if he gets traded? What happens? But the last three weeks, Todd, one of them, Allen Robinson played some of the game. He's His low the last three weeks is 17.5 PPR points. The two weeks that Allen Robinson has not played, weeks 11 and 12, PPR points, 17.5 PPR points. Wide receiver 4 and receiver 16 for those weeks. The concern was, well, Alan Robbins is taking a lot of the heat off him. Alan Robbins is not there, and he's still performing, and he's not doing it in the greatest of circumstances in Chicago right now, Todd. It's not like they're doing a lot of – it's not a creative offense. The quarterback play has not been great, unfortunately, and it's just just an ugly offensive situation, and Mooney's shining. Now, you're telling me that if Mooney – you had told me, Todd, when we were talking Darnell Mooney in rookie drafts, that he would have a twenty-seven percent target share season. I would have told you you were crazy. Well, that's what he's doing this season. And he's you know, he's scoring less PPR points per game than Hunter Renfro by like like one point one PPR points per game. He's at twelve point nine, I think, for the season. But it's still been impressive considering the volume of that Chicago offense. I think they're dead last in in pass attempts per game or pass attempts. Pass rating, like our pass to run ratio, just a very slow, very run heavy offense. And Darnell Mooney's shining. So the idea is if it when Nagy leaves and the offense changes and it becomes more pass happy, can Mooney benefit? And I think, yes, he is. He has shown that he can shine in a deep play. He can also, he's not just a one trick pony. He can also do some things over the middle of the field, in open space, and in zone. So uh, Darnell Mooney's a great, he's exciting, Todd. What am I giving up to get him? Happily, happily give up a mid second, even an early second in this draft class without a. Pick. but do I want to go up to a first round pick? I don't know. I have to do a bit more rookie rookie talk here. But Darnell Mooney Jesus. is promising.
0: A first rounder?
1: A late like say like the one twelve. Would I give that to Darnell Mooney? I don't uh, know because I don't I just don't know what this class Todd. I have done zero on this class.
0: Yeah. Zero. Right, well, actually in this class, a mid second, I could accept that. I think more of my point is I would like to be able to cash him out for the draft capital and a player of similar production who, because I, I think that Mooney's ceiling is not as high as uh, most people in the community have it. I just don't see it. He's not an alpha. He's not a top 24 wide receiver. You know, he is same tier as Hunter Renfro as far as I'm concerned. And that's not a knock on Mooney. That's not a knock on Renfro. It's just more of talking about the discrepancy in value versus the production they're putting up, you know, and they're both not exactly in like phenomenal situations might I add. And they're both kind of benefiting from the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of competition around them. But the point is, is that like, it's very clear after what the Bears put in this field, they're going to put a stud young wide receiver with him. That's that, that's happening. Or they're going to spend in free agency. But oh, let's be honest, the number one thing they do is just just, just no more naggy. Just no more naggy, and then figure out everything else. But to me, it's just kind of like, I, I just don't, he's not, he's not the wide one. He's not the wide one there. And I still think as a wide two, he has value, but I don't think what he's going to produce in the next two years is going to be nearly what people are willing to give up for. I, I think that people, they'll be happy because he won't be, he won't suck. But at the same time, like you could have cashed out and got a guy doing a similar thing plus more capital.
1: My my thing is when you start comparing Darnell Moody to Hunter Renfro on a pure production standpoint, yes, they're on the same tier. But then you start getting and looking at the peripherals. Todd, twenty seven percent or essentially a twenty eight percent target share to a twenty one percent target share, a .65 whopper to a .41 whopper, a forty or a thirty some a 34% market share of air yards to a fourteen point six percent. Like Mooney is smashing in the in the peripherals, whereas Renfro is just he's just relying on the volume. And if the situation changes for Mooney and say Justin Fields take a step forward. The offense in general takes a step forward, there is a there is another level to Mooney that Renfro does not have. And there's an upside to Mooney that Renfro doesn't have.
0: Totally fair. And I don't disagree with that. I'm saying that the upside that we're looking at with all those variables in, I just do not believe is as high as people think it's going to be. I think Mooney is a better asset and a better player than Renfro. I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying he's a guy to trade down to, to Renfro and get similar production out of him for like, say two years. And then Mooney never really turns into a top 24 wide receiver is my point. So yes, I understand the peripherals and all that, but I also think those peripherals are still part of the situation of he doesn't have the competition. That's why it's there. You know what I mean? Like, like A Rob is just non-existent, which is it's. I mean, m- so, it's so, is Moody, it. so is Brian Edwards.
1: So is Brian Edwards said this, point.
0: but I I get that. I get that. I'm 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 just saying that like all those numbers are really contingent on the fact of lack of competition, and I'm just saying that. <laughs> Renfro I like as a trade down in that situation because it's just it's it's a value play. Like I'm gonna cash in more and go get another guy. And also like Mooney, like would have been a fourth round pick. A fourth round pick, and you like you cash on Mooney. I got Mooney in our league as a waiver pickup. And I immediately yeah. got a third I got two people asking for third round picks next year for him the next day. Yeah. And I was just like no, like I know what I, what I got, you know what I mean? And I was excited about it, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I totally don't disagree. I'm just saying, I think that people are really, hand, like, like really hanging on to this potential of Mooney being, taking in the next step when a, he's definitely going to have more competition next year. 100%. You're not going to put that kind of capital into Justin Fields and have Darnell Mooney be his number one wide receiver. It's just not happening. Not happen.
1: Won't disagree, but I think he also can survive. He's got the talent to be efficient on a, well, I mean, he's only getting 7.5 targets per game. So it's not like he's getting a ton of volume and he's doing sure. what he's doing.
0: So I think more of the point is just, is just saying to myself, we need the temper, like how far the ceiling is, how high it is. And I don't think it's much, much higher than what it is already. All right, Davey, how, where can they find you? Todd,
1: this was a great episode. You can always find me here on the Airways at TO 2 Rivals. Find me over at DLF, maybe one day, maybe someday cue the Annie music, but yeah. Uh, and then over at Rookie Fever and on my Patreon at FF underscore Space Man. Todd, where can they find you, sir?
0: You can find me at FF underscore Banter Man on the Twitter machine. Uh, just come hit me up, man. Just talk to me. I love C2C. I'm willing to just, just banter it up. I just like to interact and have a good time, man. That's just what I'm all about in this community. Always down for questions. Always down for banter. Peace.
1: Ram, Ram, Ram. Sorry, Ram, if you ever want to stop rebuilding, maybe you should DM Todd.
0: (laughs) It's not bad advice. All right, later. (laughs)